The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility and love of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here at Marsh Chapel, 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio congregation at National Public Radio 90.9 FM WBUR, and for our internet listenership around the globe, live at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your presence as the Spirit moves come Sunday, for worship, your written or emailed responses, and as you are able, your decisions and selections for forms of ministry in our midst. Today, in a tradition that dates back many years, decades, on this Sunday, we hear three voices in our sermon moment of graduates of Boston University of the class of 2010. And in advance, we thank Andrew and Taylor and Dessa for their statements of faith under the theme, This I Believe. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
pray together. Oh God, you, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. The high goal of the spiritual life, wrote Abraham Heschel, is not to amass a wealth of information, but to meet sacred moments. This is one such. Along the cliff walk of the spiritual life, the personal life, life itself, there is a strange truth that meets us, which is that forgiveness precedes confession. That is, for contrition to be expressed, there needs to be a confidence of a listening, welcoming, accepting, forgiving response. The child who is confident that her mother will listen, will speak, that her mother will understand, will explain, that her mother will forgive, will confess. Forgiveness elicits confession. So in this time of quiet, as we do confess, will you join me in remembering a word from our tradition? We know God to be a pardoning God. And a word from scripture about God's love that is lavish, uncritical, personal, unearned, in whom there is little anger and steadfast love which endures forever. Let us pray.
Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, She urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 21, verse 10, and chapter 21, verse 22, through chapter 22, verse 5. And in the Spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in reading of Psalm 67. us and make his face to shine upon us, that your reign may be known upon earth, your saving power upon all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. and the reading of the Gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. It is a great joy to welcome you this sunny Mother's Day to the nave of Marsh Chapel to hear our annual This I Believe talks given by three graduating seniors. This is an annual tradition here at Marsh Chapel that's been going on, as Dean Hill indicated, for some decades now. It's an opportunity for some of our seniors to share with us what their faith has meant to them during their time here at Boston University. And so it is with great joy that I introduce our first speaker, Andrew Moses, hailing from Baldwin, New York. Andrew's been a member of the Marsh Chapel Choir, singing in our tenor section for the past four years. He'll be graduating next Sunday with a Bachelor of Science in Biology with a focus in Neuroscience from the College of Arts and Sciences here at BU. Andrew. Good morning. Over the years, these four walls of Marsh Chapel have seen my faith evolve and change with the lessons I've learned and the people I've met. With a humble breath, I give, give you what my faith means to me now. I believe in God. I may have rejected the anthropomorphic father with a flowing white beard for something that resembles the force more than father time, but still it is a divinity. I may not be able to understand it, but I can surely recognize it in the songs we sing, in the faces of those I love, and in the simple caring hug that speaks volumes and calms a wounded heart believe in a loving God that loves us enough to let us make mistakes. Which brings me to the second point. I believe in freedom. I believe that all people are free to be whoever they want to be. As John Connors once said, there is no fate but what we make. Only our own actions can cho and choices can dictate which of the infinite possible futures that can come into fruition does in fact come into being. God may have written the beginning of the book for us with a few of the supporting characters, but we are the editors with an infinite supply of red ink. It is up to us to create a main character we can be proud of and surround ourselves with people whom we love. Which brings me to the third point. I believe in companions. No, not just friends, but companions. Those that travel through life with you because they are companionem, from the Latin com with, and panis, bread. Those that you break bread with, and commune with, 
After his resurrection, Jesus was not recognized save in the breaking of the bread. And I have come to recognize my Lord in unexpected and wonderful ways. Every meal with believers, non-believers, and everyone in between has shown me that spark of divinity that lives in all of us. It is in this peace that comes from sharing a meal that I believe the spirit of communion can truly be found. Through my companions, I have found the loving community of Marsh Chapel, where I've learned about music, life, love, and faith. I have sung more Bach than I knew existed, and I'm a better person for it, with thanks to Dr. Jarrett. Because of communion and community, I appreciate the harmony that transcends time and illuminates different facets of God. Thank you, Dean Hill. And better appreciate the religion that I have shared every Sunday morning. It is here that I learned the true meaning of passing the peace in every embrace and smile with those I love. And it is here that I learned how to best abide with God, as he surely abides in me. So I leave you with a Bible verse that has helped me through these many years. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 through 31. Even youths grow faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Thank you. Our second speaker this morning is Taylor Ferry, hailing from Acton, Mass. We're grateful to her parents for being with us also. She'll be graduating next week with a Bachelor of Science in Communications from the College of Communications with a focus in public relations. I will graduate from Boston University on May 16, 2010. This is an honor for me because of the university's reputation and the culmination of hard work that my degree represents. Most of all, it is an honor to graduate from Boston University because my best friend and grandmother, Barbara Farrell McCauley, attended BU 70 years ago. Unfortunately, she will not be here to share in my accomplishment as she passed away on my 16th birthday but she is always in my heart, and often life reaches out to remind me that her love endures. Four years ago, as I sat quietly on my couch, heart pounding with anticipation that the envelope in my hands might be an acceptance to Boston University, I knew she was with me. And when I pulled out the packet, all shiny red and white, we are pleased to inform you I knew she celebrated with me. Throughout my childhood, my grandmother and I were united by our purpose to help my mother, who worked full-time with her daily tasks. We loved completing a daily to-do list. One day, we made a special stop to pick up some bulbs at the flower shop. We planted these daffodils, our secret, outside the kitchen window, so when they bloomed in spring, they would serve as a surprise Mother's Day gift for my mom. Daffodils hold a special meaning for me and remind me of my friendship with my grandmother and her great gift of faith that she shared with me. Throughout my college experience, there have been challenging times when I relied on my faith and that grandmother and my God were with me. During a particularly challenging day this spring, Answers to what I would do after graduation eluded me. I received an email that reminded me to keep the faith on that day. This was the story sent to me in the email. The Daffodil Principle, written by Anonymous. 
Several times my daughter had telephoned to say, Mother, you must come see the daffodils before they are over. I wanted to go, but it was a two-hour drive. I will come next Tuesday, I promised a little reluctantly on her third call. Next Tuesday dawned cold and rainy. Still, I had promised, and reluctantly I drove there. After about 20 minutes, we turned onto a small gravel road, and I saw a small church. On the far side of the church, I saw a hand-lettered sign with an arrow that read, Daffodil Garden. We got out of the car, each took a child's hand, and I followed Carolyn down the path. Then, as we turned a corner, I looked up and gasped. Before me lay the most glorious sight. It looked as though someone had taken a great vat of gold and poured it over the mountain peak and its surrounding slopes. The flowers were planted in majestic, swirling patterns, ribbons and swaths of deep orange, creamy white, lemon yellow, salmon pink, and saffron and butter yellow. Each different colored variety was planted in large groups so that it swirled and flowed like its own river with its own unique hue. There were five acres of flowers. Who did this? I asked Carolyn. Just one woman, Carolyn answered. She lives on the property. We walked up to the house. On the patio, we saw a poster. Answers to the questions I know you are asking was the headline. The first answer was a simple one, 50,000 bulbs. The second answer was, one at a time, by one woman. Two hands, two feet, and one brain. The third answer was, began in 1958. For me, that moment was a life-changing experience. I thought of this woman, whom I had never met, who more than 40 years before had begun, one bulb at a time, to bring her vision of beauty and joy to an obscure mountaintop. Planting one bulb at a time, year after year, this unknown woman had forever changed the world in which she lived. One day at a time, she had created something of extraordinary magnificence, beauty, and inspiration. The principle her daffodil garden taught is one of the greatest principles of celebration. The end. I wondered, like so many other experiences, was this email a coincidence or a message of love from my grandmother? It reminded me that the most valuable answers are often the most straightforward. I believe God is present in the little to-dos, the planting of each bulb, a perfectly timed email. For me, this means having enough faith to take the first step after BU toward a career I love without worry, having faith that the big picture will unfold. Final This I Believe speaker this year is Dessa Larkin-Boot, coming to us from Snellville, Georgia. Dessa will be graduating next Sunday with a Bachelor of Science in Film and Television from the College of Communications. Good morning. Growing up, I always struggled with my faith. It wasn't that I had many. Seeing my mother battle with cancer and my father's frequent visits to the ICU on various accounts of heart failure had planted me firmly on the spiritual side. It was that I wasn't sure how to properly express it. My father was born a Catholic, though never practiced, 
and my mother, after experimenting with many churches, finally decided on Methodist, though to this day she stands firmly in her status as non-denominational. I would go to church with my mother every Sunday, though I never quite felt at home and began dedicating myself to volunteering in the nursery during service. I found that I enjoyed playing with miracles rather than listening about them. I soon left the church in search of other spiritual paths. I loved Buddhism, though didn't practice enough to call myself Buddhist. Hinduism I found to be fascinating, though in need of far more research than what I was able to devote. After years of dabbling, I ceased my search. There must have been a religion that fully encompassed my spirituality. I just hadn't been able to find it. Then I moved to Boston. My move to the North was a planned adventure. It was a time for me to break away from home and establish who I was. I hadn't planned for this renaissance of self to be inclusive of my faith, but as is with all great epiphanies, it happened completely by accident and unexpected. One day, I was on the train coming home from the city. I had just finished a conversation with my brother, and after hanging up my phone, I began my favorite train writing hobby of listening in to the people around me. I kid you not, every single person was engaged in a conversation, but each was speaking a different language. The train was packed and not one person was speaking English. I was surrounded by voices in different languages that fused together to create a wonderful feeling of unity. Here we were, complete strangers from different walks of life, all speaking in different tongues, yet on a similar path. Some just recently entered the train, some would reach their destinations before others, but we were all taking the journey together. This is what faith means to me. Whether it be Taoism, Sufism, Christianity, Buddhism, faith is faith, no matter what form. I found that day that my faith is comprised of tidbits from conversations of each, for in the end, though we may speak completely different religious languages, we are all speaking to the same power. And though we may end up in different destinations, inevitably, we are all travelers on the same spiritual journey. This, I believe. Thank you. that as a congregation and those listening from afar as well, you will want to express your gratitude and your thanks and your encouragement to this year's three fine speakers who have reminded us of the importance of harmony, who have reminded us that yard by yard life is hard, but inch by inch it's a cinch, who have reminded us of a common ground and a unity underlying all of our diversity. We are so grateful for them, and if they would stand for a moment, we will receive honor and encourage them. Please stand. Now, friends, we invite you to pause for a moment of prayer and whatever tradition you come to this moment. For some, it will mean coming to the communion rail and kneeling, and we invite you to do that now. For those who are listening from afar, it may involve a pause and a prayerful posture where you are seated. For those of us here in the pews, it may involve bowing and a time of quiet. Let us as we come to our prayer, sing our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord.
gracious God, loving, holy, and just, we lift our hearts in thanks and praise this bright morning. We come to this sanctuary and to this service ready again to live as glad-hearted women, glad-hearted men. With happy hearts, curious minds, eager spirits, we offer ourselves in the worship of the Lord's Day and in the worship of every day. We seek your blessing. We pray we seek your presence. For great art thou, O Lord, our God, fully to be praised, morning by morning, evening by evening. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our prayer of thanks and praise. How grateful we are in this hour for voices of hope and belief which forecast a future touched with courage, colored and flavored with devotion. We remember and lift in prayer those today who are carrying memories of days past, of grandmothers and mothers, of those now gone to rest in your presence, and of those whose example and kindness and love have formed us. Dear God, we pray thy blessing. We pray for thy gifts for the days to come, gifts of confidence, gifts of faith, gifts of steadfast awareness and love. Help us to be aware of and to receive the gifts already embedded in our collective life and in our personal lives. Help us to notice the unexpected possibility, the new friend, the unusual word, the strange connection. Dear God, help us to see more than we ever planned to see, to receive more than we ever expected to receive with a confidence born of obedience. These things we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We look forward in the coming week to the baccalaureate service next Sunday here in Marsh Chapel at 11 a.m. as part of the full commencement exercises of the university. We hope you can come and pray and worship with us in preparation for our seniors departing from us and heading off into what we know will be rich lives into the future. We would encourage you to find the red, red pad at the end, at the, along the center aisle of each pew and help us to get to know you better and get to know one another better by putting your name and some contact information in that book. We also hope that you'll keep an eye to the chapel website over the course of the coming weeks and throughout the summer to keep up with chapel activities and also for the opportunity of online giving. We would note that chapel services do continue throughout the summer. We are here 52 weeks out of the year, and we hope that you will join us as you are in town. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. troubled. Instead, grant us peace and let us rejoice in the departure of these graduates to new places, for we know the Father is with them. God, help us keep your words and live in light of your constant blessings. Amen.
May the sun show warm and bright on you. Your darkest night, a star shine through. Your dullest morn, a radiance brew. And when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever.